Hello and welcome to the Meliora Civics and Government Podcast. Um, I'm Amber. I'm Marilyn. I'm Mia. And I'm Nick. And for tonight's podcast, we are going to main our main topic will be um, immigration as well as climate change, gun control, capital punishment, and cancel culture for our sub. So starting out, we will be talking about uh, how the government handles illegal immigration. Go for it. Um, so I guess everyone kind of has their own opinions about illegal immigration. Um, I primarily just research on how the government deals with illegal immigrants and the whole civics aspect of that. I think no matter people's opinions on illegal immigration, some people are more like they don't really care too much about it. Some people are, are very strict about it. They don't. Well, legal immigrants, the way that the government has, at least in the past, at least of what we know of, has dealt with it is really not good. Um, hundreds of thousands of reported legal immigrants are in custody every single year, and they face sometimes very inhumane treatment, overpopulated and crowded detainment cells with no access to good food, and many of them have to wear clothes for long periods of time with no access to showers, and sometimes they need medical treatment and they don't have access to that. Uh, many of these immigrants are children, and some of them have been separated from their parents, which essentially kind of makes them like these like prisoners, not really in detainment cells, just prisoners, and they sleep on the ground with foil beds, and I know lots of children are in cages. And it's always been like this big topic in American politics. I really began to pick up when Trump was in office, and he signed the executive order to build the Trump wall, um, to basically put a stop to the illegal crossings. And the topic also picked up when he was presenting his plans to deport and restrain illegal immigrants, which eventually, it sparked outcry when it came to the civics aspect of it, especially with the border control and the, the border camps. Very cool. Not cool, but very good explanation. <laughs> also, I'm eating right now. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. <laughs> but... Just like silence. No, like... You see a lot about how the government treats immigrants in the media. Um, undocumented illegal immigrants, however, prefer to address them, I suppose. But you're right. It's not, it's not good treatment. And it's like, to me, it begs the question, like, why is it still happening? It's been happening for years. Everybody's aware of it. Most people acknowledge that it's not good. So why does it continue? And why isn't there more attention brought onto this and more like protests and stuff it's because like i understand that like yeah they are crossing the border illegally and i personally have my own feelings about that but at the end of the day it is illegal but i don't think they deserve to be treated like that just because they're crossing a border you know yeah i think the way that at least some of them are treated are actually worse than some like actual criminals who've done very bad things in america just because these criminals are american citizens that might be kind of an interesting analogy um and i don't think like it's a hundred percent correct but i just do think that the treatment of illegal immigrants is really bad and it really should be addressed no it definitely should and it's just like you know i feel like 
this is on me as well as many other people. I see stuff like that in the news and in the media. And my fir first thought is just like, oh my God, that's like terrible. And then I go about my day. And I think that's the issue. I think that's what everybody does, or at least most people. Some people are very much, you know, fighting and into activism and stuff. But unless you really get a movement going like people did with the Black Lives Matter movement this past um, summer, you can't really get enough national attention to make change. And yeah. Yeah. it's like if we want to stop that from happening and actually like really address it, then people are going to actually need to take it seriously. And like I said, I'm guilty of it. Like I, I see stuff like that and I'm just like, that's terrible. Like I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be separated from my parents as a kid. And then I don't do anything. Yeah, no I, no, I absolutely see what you mean. I think a lot of things, I mean, people are so preoccupied with their days and it's almost like there has to be a large group of people to say something because the government's not going to do anything. Like, I know the government has talked about it and they have addressed that before, but it's just not enough. Yeah, and I, like, wonder, it's not only that, like, people are just, you know, we do need to come together, but it's like, why haven't we? And I, I, I feel like bad saying this, but I feel like it's just because every most everybody in America, like the American citizens, just know it doesn't affect us. It does not affect them. And therefore, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we could be focusing on this, but we're going to focus on other issues that deal with American citizens first, even though we're kind of ignoring the dehumanization of other people just because they're not citizens, you know? You very much and I so. think that's a little crazy. Yeah. No, I think that's 100% correct. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there was that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, the awkward silence is killing yeah, me. Yeah, silence. <laughs> um, do you want to go next then for your point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go. So I'm talking about how illegal immigrants or undocumented immigrant immigrants, I don't really know which one's more appropriate, to be honest. So immigrants are positively affecting us, as in the U.S., and so I have a few points for this, but um, what I've noticed, like the biggest ones in my opinion, are that a lot of undocumented immigrants, contrary to what some media may portray, they are actually, a lot of them are actually paying taxes. And this I personally didn't know because I, you know, I've always kind of heard that like, oh yeah, they're living here and not paying taxes. And well, I kind of was like, in my head, I was like, okay, like, I guess I hadn't really done enough research on it to actually have a clear cut opinion on that. But um, through research, I found, and of course, this is research that um, was like I was researching how they're positively, positive, oh my gosh, positively affecting the US. So it could be biased sources, some might say. But according um, to multiple so sources, um, undocumented immigrants pay an average of 11.64 billion in state and local taxes on like a year and they um an undocumented individual has about eight percent of their income go to taxes and so 
all immigrants, regardless of status, so this could be documented or undocumented, will contribute approximately 80,000 more in taxes and government services used over their lifetime. So it's like they are helping um, our economy more than people like to say. And they are also they pay about seven billion per year into Social Security, which helps like, you know, a lot of people who are retired or old or may need it. And I actually found that really interesting. And then some people like to think that they are, um, you know, stealing our jobs, as some might put it. But I am through my own research. Um, it seems that they are actually contributing to um, the they're like helping us create new jobs. And this is because a lot of undocumented immigrants will take jobs that people don't want, like more labor, more um, underpaid jobs where, you know, a typical American may be like, oh, why would I do that? And so they're actually really helping our economy and they're helping provide us things that um, that we need to live. And there's um, a quote from a source and I'm looking for it right now, but Basically, once I find it, it's it essentially says how like without them, we wouldn't even be we wouldn't have a lot of the goods and stuff that we're used to having at a cheap price because they are work working, usually underpaid, which is ridiculous. But also, I mean, a lot of people in our country are living paycheck to paycheck. And I actually found the quote and it's from browndailyherald.com. And it says, in a country where nearly 80% of workers live paycheck to paycheck, undocumented immigrants aren't just doing our dirty work. They are quite literally putting food in our mouths. And so I found that really interesting. And it was just, um, there's also a fact um, from the same website, as of 2017, one in 22 American workers were um, an undocumented, like they were undocumented nationally. So a lot of um, people who are a lot of undocumented immigrants who are working in places typically unpleasant, like I said, farming, construction, cleaning. They're, they're literally working in services that we Americans depend on and then we take for granted. And so therefore, like I said, they're underpaid, but, and, but I don't know. They're, they are good for our country and it's just, yeah, like maybe... They should be um, immigrating here legally. I'm not sure. I didn't do research on that. I just know that from um, the perspective of whether they are good or bad for the, the U.S., based off of what I concluded, they are actually really good for our country and help a lot of people in a lot of different ways. That, that's my conclusion. <laughs> I think that's actually really interesting. It's a good point. Many people don't realize it, like, all the jobs. That's why, like, if you talk to someone and you're like, hey, what do you do for a living or what are you going to do while you're in college, like, as a part-time job? And people aren't like, oh, I'm working, doing, like, this, I don't, I don't know, like, a specific job, but I'm not doing this job. I might be working at, like, an apartment store or something, like, department store. But you yeah. really don't hear about, like, those other kind of jobs, those really important jobs that kind of, like, hold us together, really, as a society. Yeah, and they're really like, uh, they're like a net positive for the U.S. economy. Like you really think about it, helping people retire comfort comfortably with like social security and stuff. But they're literally, they're they're doing, they're helping 
millions of citizens meet their basic needs, you know? Yeah. By doing things that you wouldn't really think of. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never heard somebody, like, in a public school system or, like, I go to public school, but, (laughs) (laughs) like, in more of a general society, be like, oh, yeah, like, you should grow up and be a farmer. Like, you should grow up and go into construction. Like, you hear, like, oh, architecture or environmental sciences. You always hear these big things. But, you like, a lot of people forget about the little jobs that we need to survive. And undocumented immigrants are filling that space for us and really contributing to our country. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. That's all I got. (laughs) This is where I come in with my... My quote-unquote counterattack. Oh, no. <laughs> like the, the negative side of immigration, which, you know, obviously with my research, I come across the same stuff that you have, Mia, where there is a lot of positive impact, and maybe there is a little bit of negative, but compared to the positives, it's almost insignificant. Um, uh, like you said in the beginning like they're what kick-started the the country just because we're able to fill in so many jobs and they still fill in so many jobs um i just know there's some people who believe that like we as americans and this being our country we should be the one doing some of the jobs and not depending on other people to do it for us and because there are so many people and whether they're legal or illegal, um, I know some like Americans concern still just kind of overpopulate, and because um, like back then, uh, it was getting really overcrowded, especially when they left like the frontier and started making cities and stuff like that. It was just way too overpopulated, and that's like when immigration kind of became an issue where people actually addressed it, whereas helping them. Um, there's also like the fact that if someone were to come over illegally, you don't know like who's coming over. Like if someone came in legally, maybe you, I don't know the process, but maybe you backed your own check them or like you know them or you sign them as a citizen like and cut and clean and stuff but uh with illegal immigration like you don't know who's coming over it could be it could be a perfectly normal family just like looking for a better life or it could just someone escaping something or they'll bring something negative to the country like there's always um that thought of illegal immigration that you don't know who Yeah, I know, like, terrorists are concerned about as well. Possibly coming over is, like, a big influx of uh, immigrants that could, you know, kind of blend in there. Yeah, I think you raise a good point, though, actually, about how we should be a little bit more, like, self-sufficient on our own land. I mean, because I feel like there are a lot of people, and there are, are quite a few jobs, and it's been hard this past year, but... It probably would be a good thing if we got more actual citizens doing the jobs that immigrants are doing. And yeah, I can see why that would be important. 
Yeah, I just wonder, like, if it was actually legal citizens doing it, would they get paid more, therefore inflating the price of goods that we're used to having for cheap? And honestly, in my own opinion, I think that we should be people, like, be paying people enough, even if that means that the prices of certain things we're used to having for, like, you know, $2 goes up to, like, $5 or something. But, like, I also feel like if it were American workers doing those jobs, then they would be getting paid more. Like, I don't, I feel like people take advantage of the fact that they know that this, like, it might want to be one of the only jobs they can get. And that's honestly a bad thing. <laughs> now, yeah. Like, I don't think, you know, anybody should be taking advantage of anybody or exploiting them just because they know that they're here illegally. But like, I don't know. I, I do feel like prices would be inflated. And like I said, I think they should be. But also, I know a lot of people would not like that. Yeah, well, like also, um, like if you're being like an actual immigrant, like a legal immigrant, so someone who came here um, legally and applied through you know, the whole process, went through all the paperwork and did everything right, it kind of hurts them because someone could just come here, you know, illegally much you know, easier and it kind of hurts them. So, yeah, it's a really tough call. It kind of goes back and forth. So, you kind of have to have some rules here. So, immigration, you can't just let everyone in because that gets kind of dangerous. And to think about like safety of, you know, homeland security and that kind of stuff. I'm chewing, but like, <laughs> one thing that I actually found is um, through my research. That and I, I cannot find the source, which makes me upset. But that's probably because I closed it by accident. Oh wait, no, no, it's right here. I got it. But studies have actually confirmed that um, undocumented immigrants are immigrants are less likely to commit crimes than native-born Americans, just because, like, they you know they don't want to be deported and they're associated with a lower crime rate. But I also understand that just because the majority you know, is trying not to commit crimes and they are contributing to a lower crime rate, that doesn't mean that there may be, you know, one immigrant who's maybe coming here for drug purposes or whatever, and they could actually, you know, do some harm in a community or a city or somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. And what you said about, like, the unfairness thing, I found that interesting because my dad actually works with um, helping like immigrants like legally immigrate here. Like he teaches them the citizenship test and like goes over that, which I find really cool. But like I, I literally hear him teaching his classes and I the way you said that, it's just like I really think about it because they're on there every Thursday for like two hours or something. And they're just like. Not a lot of them speak English really well. Some of them do, some of them don't, but they're all really working hard to, you know, pass the citizenship test and become a U.S. citizen and be able to live here legally. And it's just like, it is unfair in a way because I, like I said, I've seen those people working really hard to get here and then other people are kind of just waltzing in and they are contributing positively, but it is a question of fairness. Yeah, I think most people coming in here illegally aren't coming in here like 
on like basically they're coming in here because they're trying to flee somewhere or they think America's better, which it probably is in the country they're fleeing from. Um, but I think yeah, I think you're saying it does it does kind of a little seem a little unfair to people who come here legally and do all the work and spend a lot of time you know spend years getting the green card and going through the process. Yeah, and of course, like that comes with advantages because they'll have the security that illegal immigrants or undocumented immigrants. I, I'm going to switch off with those terms because I never know. But like they will have advantages that the others won't have, of course, because it's not like they need to worry about getting deported. But it, yeah, it's still the question of fairness that we've been discussing. Yeah. It's a really hard call, honestly, because you're dealing with real people. So it's it's like saying that like this person matters, this person doesn't matter, you know, Making that, like, line, that decision. No pun intended. That border. <laughs> Great job, man. No, but you're right. It's, like, it's not as black and white as, like, oh, yeah, they're illegal. We can deport them. And then the good ones and, like, the people who really try, you know, can get the citizenship. Like, it's yeah. it's a very much gray area because we are talking about real people who may be trying to come here because they need to work and help their family. Or, like, you know, it's... It's a very morally, like, question. I can't think of the word. My vocabulary is terrible. Morally gray. Yeah, it's a very morally gray, like, topic. Because it's, it's not just black and white. Like, you really... And I think, obviously, we're in a position where we, we've never been through that experience. And, like, even, like, psychological studies have shown that if you experience something, you are more empathetic to those going through the same experience and it's not like any of us have ever experienced deportation or the fear of being kicked out when you need to work for your family or anything like that and so it's just it's a very very tough question and problem because you're like okay legally speaking from a law perspective like yeah it's probably not good but then from like a people perspective and just knowing that they're like some people are here because they really need to be and it's all over the place. <laughs> it really is, yeah. It's a mess. <sighs> so yeah, do you want to move on to uh, deportation? Um, yeah, we can do that. Okay. A lot of what I already have has kind of been covered a little bit already by talking, but yeah. I kind of get what I have. It's, um, okay. Yeah, so... And basically, some you know points like there's a lot of obviously a good amount of immigrants here, and some people are saying arguing like deporting them, like trying to deport all the immigrants would be uh, maybe a little bit insane. There's like 11 million immigrants and illegal immigrants in the U.S. at the moment, you know, estimated about, and you know that many people, it's uh, trying to deport all of them is kind of a bit ridiculous. Um, there is like some precedent in that happening um, in the past in the U.S., but it's Still, it's still a lot of people, and it also hurt the economy if you did that as well. Um, there's also the argument, and if you're going to do that, uh, there would be um, mistakes, and you can, you know, um, mix up actual citizens or other people in that as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and also a lot of the time, the countries that the people are actually fleeing and coming in illegally from, um, they're fleeing, you know, from there for, um, from there for a reason, possibly because of you know crime, violence, or maybe they can't get enough food. Um, so legitimate reasons. Um, so it's often kind of it, you know, 
they came here illegally, yes, but they're they came here from somewhere that was they didn't that, like from their perspective they didn't have a lot of a choice. They like they either did that or they faced you know maybe their family was going to starve or they like get mm-hmm. older or other things. So yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, how terrible would it be if you were just like hanging out in like some downtown, and like the government comes up and they just deport you, like as a citizen, and you just that would be very bad. <laughs> that would be terrible. Yeah, well, I think I think like in general, I think we agree. Um, illegal immigration shouldn't be a thing. Like, I actually, you know, it should be if it's a problem, it should be then legal or some find some other way around it. Um, mm. Like, obviously, swinging swing illegally isn't really great. And there should be some kind of better way. I don't know. There's a, I'm not saying better way, but I'm not sure exactly what that would be. But yeah, I think part of the reason is that getting your citizenship is extremely hard for a foreigner. I mean, I don't know the specifics of that, but that's just what I've heard. Yeah, we're talking about fairness a second ago. People have to do it. You know, come here legally. They have to do the same process. And just because you came, you know, you know different reason to come here, or you're you live same mm. continent. Why does that mean you should have an easier job of doing it than someone who came from like Europe or somewhere else or Asia or whatever? So it's a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also wonder how many people are here illegally, but only because they overstayed their green card or something, you know? Because then they've like technically entered legally, just overstayed their visit, and then at that point you're like, okay, like it's hard to. I mean, yeah, you could just be like, oh, we're gonna deport you, but it's also. Like, you never know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another document also to, like, try and provide um, a little immigrants a, like, a reasonable path of citizenship. Like, you know, going through a similar process to um, people who immigrate here legally and just, you know, starting that when they're already here. So they won't, you know, get deported. They'll, be, they'll start the process over and try and, you know, go through yeah. it legally. And there's, you know, there's debate on that um, and which, you know, what should be done or not. And it kind of goes back to the fairness, I think. Like, you know, they came here legally, but in the first place. Mm. And this is kind of off topic, but I always wonder why they have to take a, like a literally like a government and civics test in order to get citizenship. Because if I'm being completely honest, well, I do know some of the questions on that test. If you gave it to me and you were like, Listen, man, if you if you don't get this right, we're going to kick you out of your we're sending you to Canada. I'd probably be sent to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of crazy to think that some people who aren't even native English speakers and maybe they give the test in other languages. I'm not positive. I don't think so, though. Then you'd have to leave. Like it's if you don't know our country's history, be gone. But then at the same time, some of our citizens, probably a lot of our citizens don't even know all the questions on that test. Yeah, it's a fair point. History is important, it. but not like I don't think it should be like denied. I don't know. It, it's kind of a hard question, I guess, but it is a bit weird. You're right. Yeah, and like well, I, understand. I guess. Oh, go ahead, Amber. Uh, another like question would be like, what does their like score have? They get Getting ten questions, and I believe you need a seven out of ten in order to pass. But the thing is, you there's a hundred questions they can pick from. So you need to study all a hundred, even though you're all getting, you're only getting ten. I guess why that could be important because if you live in our country, I feel like there are so many things that we might not know 
But since we grow up here, there's like certain things and customs that I think we do know. And for someone coming from a different country and different people in charge and just a different system, it could be important for them to learn even just basics like we run what's different like what do they have to learn that's gonna be different for them to be able to adapt yeah no and i'd agree with that except like see the test does it probably i'd assume the reason it was made to help other like to help people from other countries get a better understanding of what our government is like so they actually understand our government and stuff but i know for a fact some of the questions on there are more of like um kind of more of like a gov like American history quiz. Like I I'm pretty sure there's a question like who was the 16th president of the United States. And while that I I do think that could be applied in a middle school, I don't think it should be on a citizenship test. Like if anything, they should probably go over like maybe have a class to understand like our customs and like how our government works perhaps. But I, I don't know if everything on that test is exactly relevant. I know a lot of it is, but then some of it may not be either. I think a lot of the questions are like, why would they have like history related questions? Government? We, no clue. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure like, when you need to know like who a 16th president actually is at like any random point. <laughs> not sure it's too useful to understand our government and that kind of thing. So Yeah, and I know there's I know for a fact one of the questions on there is like, when was the constitution formed? Like what what are the three branches of government? And like don't get me wrong, that's useful information if they would actually go into detail on it. But it, they don't. It's it's kind of just like a question answer type thing. In my opinion, it should be more of like a this is how the three branches of government work together. And this is what you need to know as a citizen to understand what your rights are um, and how you can understand our system and our elections and all this stuff. Not necessarily like, just tell me what they are and call it a day. I feel like a lot of them really are just like, kind of like US pride questions. Like they you really are. Know this. Like <laughs> you have to have American pride in order to live in America. Like. Yeah, like not, how many wars yeah. have you won? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, no, literally. And I'd argue that a lot of Americans, well, a lot of a lot of people, I think almost everybody does have some sort of American pride. Not not like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not not like, oh yeah, like do you guys hear like we had Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, like hey. <laughs> yeah, my biggest more still actually have like um like culture questions, like what the U.S. culture is kind of like a little bit, just so they could kind of blend in or like kind of, you know, uh, what's the right word? Kind of, you know, go better into the culture of the U.S., you know, and kind of blend in better. Yeah, because yeah. Like other cultures have different customs. And maybe if they understood a few words, like you shake hands when you meet somebody new or like you you don't want to, I don't know, like swear at people in public. I... <laughs> just like yeah. different basic things so that way like they can get around and understand what's going on and because even like things as simple as like growing to going to a grocery store could definitely be different for somebody 
from another country. Because if I know if I were to go to another country in their grocery store and I saw people doing things differently than from here, I'd be like, what? Yeah, like, like we need to our eggs and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. just... Yeah. And, like, some countries, like, they bow to people when they meet them. Like, if I wasn't aware of that fact before I went to the country, I would make a fool out of myself. <laughs> or, like, reach out my hand and it would, like, hit their head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's, like, something that when people come to the U.S., you'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe don't bow, shake hands. Like, do that. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. if they're European, don't kiss on the cheek. People will think you're weird. <laughs> Shake hand. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we go on to uh, climate change? You're... Okay. Um... So yeah, this is just one of the subtopics for the viewers. Um, we have our main topic, and then we all do our research on some other smaller topics. Of uh, so today I'll be going over uh, climate change and pretty much how it impacts the world, or at least America and our government, how we're, how we're used to it. Uh, climate change is one of those things where it's discussed, but it's not always taken that seriously. Um, but it's actually really impacted the government because the government has to pay more than like $350 billion over the past decade. Uh, and there's a growing concern that it will deeply affect the economy and that it's expected to ruin agriculture and cause food shortages with flooding and droughts throughout the world. And because of the COVID pandemic, uh, there have been a lot of lots of more crash, littering of masks, plastic, and face shields that have negatively affected the planet even more so. And apparently 66% of people think that climate change as we know it is actually caused by humans, and then we need to take quick action to reverse the damage. So, it's really impacted the government. Even though, like, I, if I look outside, I have noticed that, you know, at least where we live in the Midwest, it's very, like, hot summers, very cold winters, um, very unpredictable weather for the most part. That might just be a Midwest thing, but I know that it's impacting the government in other places of the world, like the wildfires of Australia. Uh, just in the past couple of years, there have been floods. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of push to try and uh, lower emissions and that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people are trying to get the government to implement some kind of... Literally anything to stop. Like, a lot of environmental activists really pressure the government into doing things that'll help our environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I think we should uh, have more nuclear power, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> you know, I literally read an article the other day about how Americans are scared of nuclear power, even though over the years it's been developed into the, one of the most efficient and sustainable energy sources. Yeah, I know. That's what I don't get. It's like, <laughs> it's safe. It's, I mean, it used to be, okay, it used to be a lot more dangerous. Obviously, you know, there was Chernobyl, Bunuel Island, a lot of bad stuff, but new, like, modern reactors are all pretty safe um i know there's like fukushima or you know in japan and to be fair it wasn't actually that bad um and a lot of things went wrong as well and it was an old reactor it was like 10 years old by the time it you know, actually happened it was like built in 2000s and that kind of thing so 
But like now the records are they're really safe, and if you design them correctly, there's really not much that can go wrong. They can actually, I mean, there's basically nothing that can go wrong. There has to be like leak radiation, and yeah. they're clean in the sense that like unless you want to count nuclear waste, but I mean there are ways you can actually use that to make more power even. So it's not like they're complete like like completely useless. So yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually done any research on it besides reading that article, and I was like, "This is something Nick would like preach to our class." <laughs> no, I, I believe I believe nuclear is pretty good. Like the fission is pretty. I mean, so it's fusion, I guess, but it has to actually work first. So, <laughs> yeah, if I feel fission like... works and it's actually practical. So, yeah, if I were to like preach any form of energy, I'd probably be like solar, but that's just because that's to me like the most readily available plus. I feel like everybody hears about solar energy, but then not a lot of people actually, you know, use it because you need those giant panels. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's good. That's a good one too. But the problem with solar though is you need, um, you need batteries then or some kind of storage, yeah. like some kind of um, power storage. You could like a hydro, um, pumped hydro, whatever, but that needs the, a very, very specific kind of climate. I'm not climate, but like terrain and it's pretty expensive. Uh, but yeah. Luckily, battery technology is getting a lot better in the in recent years, so it's becoming more of an option, like you know, yeah. solar and wind and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so many people are like advocating for it now that I feel like, as long as the cost can get down a bit, because like obviously more wealthier people might be able to afford a lot of forms of alternate energy, but you know, in poorer areas, like not everybody's going to be able to like buy a Tesla. And luckily, there are a lot of different you know resources now that are cheaper and still very sustainable and stuff but hopefully one day it'll become like a nationwide just like norm yeah, yeah. Well, i think the idea with like better eventually i think um if you get better power systems up online and it'll power will come a lot cheaper and you can transfer a lot of other things over to a electric like your heater, your stove. Obviously, those can be electric already, but then, you know, the majority is, is right now is gas and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. if it becomes cheaper, the more things you can, that means there's more things that become uh, practical to do um, that maybe weren't before with the power, you know, the power price. So, a lot of cool things can happen then. Yeah. Exactly. Or move to Mars. <laughs> The other that's option. Always, <laughs> that's always your backup plan now, isn't it? I know it's perfect. <laughs> you know, I think it would be kind of saucy. I think it'd be a little bit cool to like get to go into space and then go to like another planet. That'd be so cool. Oh, we're getting closer. I wonder. Don't you just get a phone call from one of your friends? They're like, "Hey, I'm going. I'm going to I'm Mars." Like peace. Yeah, I know it's off topic, but like I think the idea is eventually, <laughs> um, like if you sell your house and that kind of stuff, eventually, like that kind of will cover your the trip cost to Mars. And so, like you don't need a house anymore, obviously, because who cares? You're going to Mars, so then you can you know cover the trip cost to Mars, you know, get a new house there, or whatever, or house. I'm not sure what exactly, but living yeah, arrangements. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we'll be able to destroy Mars's climate too. No. <laughs> Oh no, how terrible, the Martian climate. <laughs> yeah, all its green plants and everything. <laughs> yeah. 
cool. You're. Right. Well, I can talk more about this, but it's kind of off topic. So, unless you want to like talk about space more. <laughs> <laughs> I know our next topic was uh, gun control. Amber, want to take over? Um, like many other topics, gun control very um, complex situation just with you can't like controlling all guns positive as well as just letting it leaves in the right it's very complicated um, like I guess con like gun control it wouldn't get rid of gun ownership. Actually, cut out for a little bit. Yeah, I cannot hear you. Yeah, maybe talk a little close to your device, your phone. How's how's it now? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was just saying how gun control doesn't really get rid of crime, um, because people can always find a way to get guns or illegal weapons or anything like that. Putting more rules on it might even possibly like it. There's always possibility that it might encourage more crime just because like the, the more you try to suppress. Um, the more people will try to fight back. Um, I guess a positive thing about it is like, there's always the possibility that if we were able to control guns, the weapons, it could reduce death, help in that area. But like again, there's always possibility that there might. Um. Gun control would also um, be stepping on some toes in regards to self-defense, where people who own guns, and maybe they are using them correctly, maybe they only use them for defense, something like that, instead of, like, criminal uses or murder or something. So if guns were controlled or taken away, that could get rid of, like, our right to defend ourselves, especially since... Like it just in general, like defense from our country, defense from other people. Like, I feel like the need and have a right to, to be able to protect ourselves. And if that could, yeah, I've always wondered if it's the weapons themselves. I think it's primarily like the people that do these horrific acts are either people who have some mental problem. Uh, or some, you know, something like depression, like severe um, mental disorders, are also people who get those because they're living in poverty. So I, I don't think it's really the control. I just think, like, the control on the weapons themselves. I almost think it might benefit the country if we had more access to to just, you know, people who can get help, you know, if they need it. 
And that's kind of a tough call because there are plenty of people who just, you know, won't get it because they don't want to because that's part of their mental problem. But a lot of people grow up in these really bad, poor areas and they don't have access to people that can help them and they're surrounded by violence all the time. Or they're not like... So many... Um, Amber, I think you might have cut out again. My bad. You're good. Yeah, well, I think also the assumption with gun control, though, as like adding, adding more laws, is that um, criminals get their guns legally, which I don't think usually is the case anyway. Um, mm. So and I think, and I was mostly hurting people who legally get their guns and are, you know, won't use them illegally to, you know, to, rob or anything like that or commit a crime but use it to defend themselves all it does is rob legal um legally um legal gun owners of their guns that they would use you know um only to defend themselves and it leaves them defenseless to people who would illegally, illegally get guns normally yeah that's a good point like it's not the gun themselves it's the person who has it because i know that i mean i don't know the exact statistic but it's like a large group of americans are just people who are just normal people who just have weapons because they want to defend themselves from those dangerous people who do have weapons also. So it's kind of like... Yeah, when I was saying, like, yeah. guns kill people, people kill people. So Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I also think it, like... See, I'm not a weapons expertise or expert or anything <laughs> like that, so, like, please take everything I'm saying very lightly. But I also think <laughs> it depends on the type of gun, because I know there's a difference between, like, a pistol and then, like, an automatic rifle. And then, like, a machine gun, which, you know, nobody should have a machine gun. But, <laughs> like, um, I also think that if somebody has, like, and like I said, I don't know anything about guns. I really don't. But let's say, you know, unrealistically, because I don't know what guns are actually readily available to have or not, like, some kind of gun that fires a lot of rounds and can do a lot of destruction versus a pistol that you need to cock every single time you shoot it. I would personally think that the, you know, big shooty gun that can do a lot of destruction should not be allowed in the hands of really anybody, but like a pistol for self-defense or, you know, some people have shotguns, which again, they do a lot of destruction, but they also to me are like, you can't just keep firing them a lot of people use them for self-defense or keep them under their bed or whatever. And then hunting <laughs> rifles used for hunting. So I'd also... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> I think, I think um, the only problem I would have with that is that people, you know, criminals are going to be illegally getting those more dangerous guns, whereas the people who just want to defend themselves will be getting the, you know, one-shot kind of guns where they're actually less protected because, you know, criminals will be getting those more dangerous guns illegally. Again, I don't know the actual statistics. I'm just kind of kind of taking a guess that, I, you know, criminals mainly get their guns illegally, but I really don't know. That's just my guess that, that if the law worked that way, where you could only get, like, those specific, go, like, one shot or only a few shotguns and, like, all those machine guns and stuff would be off the market, the criminals would be buying the ones off the market. I don't know, though. That's just yeah, and well, I would even... De oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, with getting guns, like, obviously, you need different, you know, what kind of 
get. I am recording out a little bit. When you get your gun, they do. I don't know how extensive it is, but I don't know if it's a background check or they need your ID or they they have some small or maybe it's a large record of you. Um, so I feel like if you're a criminal, um, if you're trying to get a gun legally, it'd be very difficult for you and you might have to jump through a lot of hoops. And so then where would come into play where they would have to either illegally get a weapon or steal someone's weapon. They have legally, yeah, and I, I think that's what Marilyn was saying. Like, if we didn't allow people to buy those guns legally, then the only people them are criminals who are going out of their way to get them illegally. And like the way I see it, I don't know. I feel like a shotgun could do like a lot of damage against somebody. Even with, like, a very, like, I, see, I would say automatic rifle, but I'm not even sure if that's right, so I'm not, <laughs> I don't know, but, like, a, you know, shooty gun that can go bang, bang, bang a lot. So, I, I don't really know. I've not too, I've done research on gun control, but not enough. No, I've done re more research on gun control than I have guns themselves, which I'm not very familiar with. So. Yeah, but also the argument of like guns for um for sport, like you know for hunting, obviously, but also just shooting them like at ranges and stuff. Yeah. So, because I will say shooting guns is fun. <laughs> yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to shoot a gun. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, shotguns are great. Yeah. Like was it uh the trap shooting or something? I don't know which one it is. I forget. There's like two different ones. There's trap and skeet. I forget which is which. I really don't know it. But we shoot the the clay or whatever. With a shotgun. So that's yes, a lot of fun. I feel like you're getting punched in the shoulder every time you shoot, but it is fun. <laughs> yeah, that is true. The rebound is pretty... So speaking of criminals, uh, the topic of criminal punishment. Oh, yes. Yeah, the whole... Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, so, capital punishment, or basically the death penalty. Um, so, a lot of people are kind of arguing whether the death penalty is uh, should be allowed or not be allowed. Um, and there's a lot of argument around, like, you know, whether it's, it's moral or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think there's some interesting facts around the death penalty, though. I think one of them is that um, the death penalty actually costs usually costs more than actual prison, like life in prison without parole, um, because like the appeals and they cost a lot of money to have the court fees and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like the argument sometimes that like the capital punishment, um, it does kind of like it gets rid of criminals and is actually cheaper. I mean, it's actually not, which is kind of I think that's kind of a little bit sounds a bit weird, but it kind of makes when you look at it, it makes it makes sense. Um. Yeah, I, personally, I don't think. Obviously, if I would prefer if no one died, um, but it's kind of a hard call, and I can't personally make. You know, I don't really know enough, and although I really could know enough about some families who, um, have like a family member murdered, or killed by someone, and I don't know what they would be feeling. And I think the only way someone has to be like I could get justice is if the other, you know, the 
perpetrator dies or is, is punished like you know through death and i don't really know about that um I've, I've experienced that so it's kind of hard to say like oh that's wrong you shouldn't want death for their person um yeah yeah i think yeah. it depends on who you're dealing with and who makes that decision because i mean because there are some people that are just i don't want to come up like like it's a good thing or anything but i think that um there are just sometimes those instances where like people are so incredibly bad like pure serial killers like just really terrible people that i don't i don't really know like is it moral to kind of be hypocritical and kill them like they kill other people or is it the right thing to do because they're just so bad that you just really shouldn't have them spend the time you know with them in jail and it also depends because there are a lot of innocent people who have been killed so it depends on who makes that decision and you know who the criminal is what they've done yeah, I know some arguments for the penalty are, um, like, if the the person is, you know, the criminal is killed, obviously he cannot commit a crime again, and that's that's pretty obvious. People yeah. will say, obviously, if they're in, you know, be life in prison, they can't do it again. But there have been cases where people get life in prison without parole, and later on, like, you know, maybe like twenty years later, they get released because, um, like maybe I know there's a situation in California where like the mayor, or the governor changed, um, and they, they pardoned the criminal. And they got out, or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but basically they got out from life life in prison without parole. So it's like, okay, well, at that point, then obviously they all they can go out and do more crime if they're you know want to. And so it kind of you know ruins that argument then. If that if that is possible, which it already happened, so it is possible. Yeah. But yeah, and and go ahead. No, no, no sorry. I was just going to say that the only reason I'm against capital, capital punishment, because I understand it's very, like, some people do want justice, you know, and the only way to get that is to, you know, kill the person who might have killed their family member or something. And like Marilyn was saying, like, um, some people in this world are just really, really messed up. And it's sad, and it's probably due to circumstance and just, you know, they were born a little bit messed up in the head. But like, that doesn't take the facts away that the world might be a safer place without the minute. But I, the only reason that I I'm just like, it's iffy with me is because I know for a fact that people wrongly accused and wrongly killed due to capital punishment. I mean, not due to capital punishment due to like, you know, the system, but like, I feel like that's a very, very tragic case. If somebody were to get put in prison for something they did not do and then wind up dead you know and that's just like never sits well with me and i also think it could lead to an abuse of power because i'm not sure somebody could fact check on me on this but i feel like at one point i did read something about how there have been instances in the past where black people are killed in the prison systems like you know death penalty over crimes that either they should have not been killed over or crimes they didn't commit. And so that's like a racial issue. And that's also just like a personal bias for me, because obviously like that would be terrifying if like, because you know, I'm half black and it's like, I read that and I was like, yo, like what the heck? So that's the only reason I'm just like really iffy about it and would say maybe it's not the best thing, but that's also not 
I'm not sure, but I don't think that would be a lot of the. Absolutely. Yeah. It happens way more times like than I think we even know about. Yeah. And that's like scary. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Well, there is like programs now they're trying to help out with um, people who get either like life sentences or just like so many years um falsely accused and they are trying to prove them innocent because like they are innocent but they were proven guilty um and there's so many times where like they're charged for you know, murder or whatever, they get put to prison, they're there for, like, 20 years, and then, um, all of a sudden they come back and they're just like, oh, hey, you know, you're innocent, they release them, um, and it's kind of like, that was 20 years of a person's life that went by, you know, a, whether if they had a fear or, you know, just life in general. Falsely a your life. Amber, you're cutting out again. No. All right, well, um, I know another point about the death penalty as well um, was because if someone commits, let's say, like one murder, um, the penalty that for is, say, like life in prison or, or with, no, with no parole and there's no death penalty, um, what's the disincentive to like have them not commit more murder? Because there'll be no change in their punishment. So that's another argument I've seen around. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, if like, with no parole is pretty bad as well, but maybe they don't care at that point. Um, and I don't know if that really would affect it because an argument of that then is, does a, a criminal um, think about the uh, repercussions of their action, actions because of the, uh, um, of the crime? Like, so they're, like, if they're doing like, a crime, they're not going to think, oh, um, if I do this crime, I'm going to get like this many years in prison or the death penalty or whatever. Usually, they don't think that way. It's more like opportunistic or like I'm not going to get caught and that kind of thing. So, yeah. And like I've even heard cases of like prisoners in jail who have like a sentence for life and they request to be put on death row, which is kind of sad in a way almost. But I guess if you took that away and somebody actually had to live out that like i mean it's to me that's kind of cruel but at the same time justifiable depending on the crime i'm almost thinking maybe the um whole criminal system has just gotten too big and just if things were maybe a little bit more local about the prison system then there would be more individual attention on these people and figuring out what the case actually was and what they truly do deserve like what either in jail or because the death penalty is a really serious thing and i'm almost thinking that you know somebody who maybe kills somebody out of self-defense i know that a few times they've been put on you know death row because of that because they 
you know, the government thinks that, oh, you just killed this person because you wanted to kill them. So, yeah. there's more individual attention, I think it might be a little bit better, just in general. Yeah, because I think, like, self-defense should obviously be a crime, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, also, I think it was a little bit earlier, but like the um, like criminals, like uh, it's been studied, like done that, like the actual death penalty. I know people will say death penalty like discourages crime, um, but it's been studies done that, like say it really doesn't discourage crime. Like I said before, you know, that they don't really think of what they're doing, before, like the crime, the punishment for the crime they're doing before they do the crime. So that's not really a, a valid argument in that, at least in that case. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people who probably commit crimes don't take that into consideration at all yeah and that could yeah. be like the whole uh, medical thing because these people who commit crimes just like the the gun argument these are people who typically are not right in the head for some for whatever reason and i'm almost wondering if they had more medical attention early on and they had more access to it then they wouldn't do these horrific things not all the time i'm just saying that i feel like many times that happens like in school shootings it's typically depressed people or you know, for I don't know the specifics, but whatever reason someone does that because of some mental disability. Yeah, and if well, we had, I'll oh, go ahead, Amber. I'm just gonna say for for school shootings because I know I read an article on this recently. Um, there there are like the the more common cases where, um, someone is either like you're like you're saying, Merlin, they're they're psychotic or there's depression or there's some kind of mental thing. Um, sometimes it can be uh, growing up in a violent situation or constant uh, interaction with really violent video games or music or movies or something like that. But there's there's always um, there's um, cases as well where um, a kid would perfectly fine. Like their family is fine. The school is fine. Like friends are good. Like there's almost nothing wrong with them except um it is a mental thing but it's different um someone who might be like a path or depression like that where the person does something um hate a people group where they're trying to I don't know if like top dog or a ruler or whatever because they did something like that, but it's um it's like a mental association like where the the so called disease inside someone's head isn't it like caused them to have a connect people and then mm-hmm. they they don't know how to deal with that, so they like find them associating with do. And they'll they'll want to copy that because then they yeah they can relate to that in in some way yeah that's a good point and I know a lot of unfortunately I know a lot of people who are just kind of trying to people who live in you know poorer less privileged areas sometimes get involved with the wrong people and because they do that oftentimes it those wrong people do something bad, they often get the blame. 
So even though they were mm-hmm. semi a part of it, they weren't like the person who like did all these terrible things. They were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Also, uh, for the death penalty, um, there's also, we've been talking about, like, obviously getting this for murder, but there's also the argument that should it be allowed for other crimes, like, say, like, treason or or that kind of thing. And I guess that's also kind of around, and it's happened before, that people get of uh, crimes that are other than murder. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, to me, that depends on the weight of the Because, in, like, in my opinion, the only other crime, I mean, like treason. Maybe I'm just not a government official, so I'm <laughs> I'm not exactly considering what it would be like <laughs> if somebody like betrayed our country. And I mean, yeah, it actually now that I really think it could have serious repercussions. But I, the only other crime besides like treason, I guess I'd put up there with murder is rape, because I don't think it's justifiable in any way, shape, or form. That is true. Like, even to me, murder could be justified in the case of self-defense or something. That can't. Like, It literally can't. There's no way. I mean, There's no excuse for raping somebody. I rape that man in self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, that's not a thing. Like, you can't. Yeah, like, you that can really like, I accidentally murdered somebody. Or manslaughter, I suppose. Like, I did not mean to kill them, but they were, like trying to rape me and I shot them. You know, like that's justifiable. Rape is just not, and I like, this is a very, very sensitive topic. And, but like child rape, I, I'm not gonna say I support the death penalty in that situation, but I definitely not bad an eye. Like if, yeah, I, I would just be like, all right, okay. Like a child rapist died. That You're is like, yay. <laughs> that's gotta be up there with like some psychotic murder kind of stuff like yeah it just has to be because you're taking advantage of you know young children and just it's terrible like and you're traumatizing them for life for literally yeah (laughs) like that's just so messed up beyond like literally anything and i i just don't no excuse absolutely none and it's like if that were to be like they were to catch some people who are involved in like a child sex trafficking ring and they were like these people deserve the death penalty because they could get out of jail otherwise and they could start it up again i'd be like okay like yeah. i trust yeah. your decision well you could possibly <laughs> argue that um mental illness could be play a factor in that as well you could and maybe in some and you know it probably does play a factor to some extent but it still, because I don't think anybody in their right mind would think that is okay in any, like, any world, any universe. But I, they, they do not, whether they were given capital punishment or not, they obviously should not be roaming the streets. Like, that bottom line, like, they would need to be, like, locked up in a mental hospital in order to try to get help. But even at that, I would argue that they should never actually be allowed to leave. Maybe. I'm not sure. I would need to do more research because I don't actually know. I haven't actually read studies on what goes through somebody's head who is like that. And I mean, researchers probably have done studies to see, like, to understand why, 
you know, somebody might do that? Or like, how is it something that can be prevented? But just like, I don't know, to me, that's just one of the worst crimes. And I mean, there's obviously probably more that I'm not thinking of. But top of my head, that is just like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just no justification for the most part. And just in like, the majority I haven't heard, like, a single case that's, like, it was justified, <laughs> really. It's just, like, this is a terrible thing that happened and these people should be punished for it. Yeah, there's, like, there's no debating to, like, no matter what political ideologies you have, no matter what a normal human being, or even a not-so-normal, as long as you are somewhat <laughs> of a sane person, you will agree that that is not okay. Like, yeah. yeah. That is one thing I think most everybody can agree on. <laughs> one of the few things. No, literally, one of the few things in the <laughs> world doesn't need to be debated over. Except for the Kyles of the world. The Kyles of the world. Oh my <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry to any guys named Kyle watching this. We're yeah, probably okay. listening. You're probably a great person. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mia, do you want to go the cancel, cancel, yeah, cancel culture for you know, we're running over on time. I've been waiting for this one, but I'll make it fast. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> essentially, I've known about cancel culture. It makes sense, like a uh, celebrity, politician, whoever, somebody in a position of power says something, or even somebody who's just like an influencer social media or whatever, says something a little bit racist, says something a little bit homophobic, maybe does something like pays money to somebody who maybe shouldn't be receiving it. And a whole media wide outrage is sparked. And they're like, we are going to cancel them, essentially meaning try to strip away their job title, um, get rid of their status, change the narrative about them, like somebody who may have been like the first example that comes to mind is like Chris Brown after people found out he was abusing Rihanna. It was just like, no, like no longer like that guy. And really just try to get them out of the public eye. And I never actually really considered it a political thing. But upon further research, I like they actually spoke about cancel culture at the Republican National Convention last year. And I did not know that was something that actually got brought up, which I found really interesting. And essentially, it's because um, a lot of conservatives and Republicans and even some, um, I would assume some liberals and Democrats somewhere, but um, feel like the idea of cancel culture is um, an infringement on freedom of speech. And there's this quote from Vox.com or Vox, I don't know how to pronounce it, Vox.com. And it says, continued support for those who have been canceled demonstrates that, inst oh yeah, wait, wrong one, my bad. We'll get to that one. <laughs> but like, essentially it's just saying that like, um, doo -doo -doo, da -da -da -da. you know what? I can't even find it, it's fine. But basically they just said they feel like people shouldn't be canceled and their career trying to like try to take away their career just for something they said or have done. And I mean, you could even say that people try to cancel um, Trump. And I mean, that doesn't really make any sense, <laughs> but 
you know, you could look at it from that perspective. He said a few things, a lot of things that a lot of people did not agree with. And they were like, why is he in office? Like, let's try to get him out of office. And that is obviously a very big example because, you know, technically speaking, you'd use the term they were trying to impeach him from office. But um, it's just really interesting to see the debate of cancel culture and how it actually works. And it's just like, to actually define it, it's when a celebrity or other public figure does or says something offensive, then there's a public backlash and it's viewed by politically progressive social media. And then someone calls, you know, to cancel the person. And that's, like I said earlier, to effectively end their career or revoke their cultural cash it or like whether through boycotts of their work or disciplinary action from an employer. And in my personal opinion, I think cancel culture is justified in some situations, but the idea of cancel culture itself, in my opinion, is stupid. Just because I've seen, I remember people were trying to cancel, and I'm doing quotes right now, cancel Kevin Hart because um, years ago, I'm pretty sure it was like 2014 or something, he made some slightly transphobic um, tweets and people dug them up and they were like, ridiculous. Like, you are canceled, like, you're done, like, your um, career is going to be taken away. And, I mean, let's say it was something in the present, and then it was, like, directly insulting a trans person. Yeah, like, I'd understand the backlash, but I almost feel like the idea of cancel culture implies that people cannot learn and grow from their mistakes. And maybe that's me being very optimistic. But, um, like, to me, it's just something that maybe shouldn't be around, especially when it comes to young influencers, because I've seen a lot of young influencers be canceled. I'm doing quotes again. And it can be very poor for their mental health. And they try to apologize and they try to come out saying, like, listen, I did not realize, like, this was bad at the time. I'm so sorry. I've seen people bring up stuff from years ago and then people will find out like oh they said the n-word back when they were 14 like they are done like whole careers gone away and i find that to be a little ridiculous and then another bad thing about um cancel culture in my opinion and this is the quote i started to read earlier but i realized i need for this moment is um continued support for those who have been canceled demonstrates that instead of costing someone their careers Attempting to cancel someone can encourage sympathy for the offender, which can be seen in a multitude of situations. Like, let's say you were saying cancel Trump, okay? Obviously, a lot of his supporters would are sympathizing with him or like, no, no, no. Like, he did not mean it or he did not mean it in the context that he said it or all this other stuff comes up. And honestly, it's just silly. I don't even know. That's a great point because I have seen lots of tweets where like people dig up stuff from years ago that I don't even know like how they found and like it is typically like really bad uh, discriminatory stuff that like I guess if they're like an adult and they're saying that then like they should probably be held accountable for that but most of it is like from their when they were kids right and then they just yeah. read everything about what they've worked for all those years and that they don't take any consideration that you know all those years ago they've probably grown as a person and realized that that's not a cool thing to do. Like, Oh yeah. Like people will find something from years ago that may not even be that big of a deal and run with it. 
And like, I understand it, like as holding people accountable, like saying, hey, listen, like what you said isn't okay. Like maybe you can learn from it or people who say things just because they're simply uneducated on a topic, you know? And that's happened a lot, especially on social media where people speak out about something and they don't really realize what they're speaking out about. And then people get mad at them for being wrong instead of trying to correct them and educate them and help them grow. And it's just, um, I don't know, to me, it's all a little bit ridiculous because I've seen like whole careers ended over something that could have been resolved with a simple like, listen, like you were wrong. That's okay learn from it or like if somebody is doing something and continuously does something simply don't support them um if you don't like them you know I don't really think the idea of like oh we're canceling this person and I've also noticed that with um cancel culture comes a lot of death threats I don't know why that is like a go-to but I've literally seen like teenagers on TikTok get death threats for saying something inappropriate when they were 14 years old. And I'm like, I understand. I understand that what they said was not intelligent. I understand that you may not have said that when you were a 14 year old. But to me, it's a bit ridiculous to equate that with needing to receive death as a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Especially in like... I would turn a little bit closer to your device. Yeah, we, we can't really hear you. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, like, especially if the person or the influencer has changed since, like, that time. Like, they're different. Definitely. Yeah, and I saw, um, actually around Christmas time last year, I know that there's been a lot of division this past year, especially between, you know, the two political uh, parties, especially. And I kind of find it ridiculous when, like, both of them, both of the parties are like, don't support this business, don't support this business, don't buy this because this company is, like, left or right. That, to me, is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, I I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's a little over the top. I think it's kind of similar to against culture. No, it is. Canceling businesses is definitely, like, I I know that people are trying to stop going to Chick-fil-A because they were donating to like anti like gay things I don't even know (laughs) and I was just like I mean if you don't want to support them I like I guess that makes sense but I know that some people were like yelling at like Chick-fil-a workers and I was like listen those kids signed up like those kids who signed up to get paid minimum wage are not responsible (laughs) for their corporation's actions like calm down Calm down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I say I have an example of this, like personally, almost, um, like in for Boy Scouts, because um, the president, the tradition of Boy Scouts, were at the National Jamboree. Uh, the president will speak at like the, you know, the jamboree, and he'll talk for a bit or whatever. And you know, at the recent one, Trump, you know, a couple of years ago, Trump did it, obviously, because he was president then. Yeah. And like, I was like selling popcorn for like you know Scouts, whatever, and someone came up to our stand and's like, or like you know a little you know booth or whatever, or like. We're not gonna buy popcorn from you because you support Trump or whatever. It's like what? What? <laughs> I know it's <laughs> what? It's like, but I'm not even involved in that at all. Like, come even on. Even if that was the case, like people just don't go up to people and just say stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like how was it the BSA's fault and like Boy Scouts' fault in the first place? Even if that was the fact, it's like <laughs> it's yeah. weird. What the heck? 
I think people are just like extremely bored. Yeah. <laughs> and just result to that. What a world. All right. I think that's better for the podcast then, right? For, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> All right. right. Uh, well, to our possible viewers out there, thanks for <laughs> tuning in and listening to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> much appreciated. Uh, we will see you guys next time on the Meliora website. So look out for podcast episode three. Gang, gang. <laughs> 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 okay.